digital strategy for 2020. We've got some a lot of stuff in here today. So we're gonna to try to unpack what that looks like. And it's definitely getting more complicated, strategic, and more fun. So let's go ahead and dive into it. First thing, I wanted to introduce the people who are speaking with me here today. We've got a great group. Uh, that's me on the left, John Lincoln, CEO here at Ignite. Uh, we've been running the company for about seven years now. And I've been doing digital marketing for, I don't know, somewhere between 15 and 20 and just absolutely love it. It's uh, what gets me excited um, on a daily basis. And we also have Alan Bush with us. Alan, would you like to say hello? Yeah, hello, everyone. Um, I'm Alan Bush, the VP of Strategy, SEO related uh, at Ignite Visibility. Been in the business almost as long as John has, about 12 years. And um, I've been in Ignite for a five. And also, I'm a professor. I teach two, actually now three courses at UCSD. So, pleasure to be here. Thanks, Alan. Dustin, would you like to say hello? And you may be on mute. I am. Go ahead and give that a shot again. Pleasure to speak with you today, uh, representing over 20 years uh, executive digital marketing experience. Uh, managed marketing for Sherry's Berries, worked at a large search engine. So happy to be helping brands achieve their full email marketing potential at Ignite Visibility. Thanks, Dustin. And then last but not least, we have Aether. Aether, would you like to say hi? Hey, everybody. Uh, I'm Aether. I've been with Ignite Visibility since the very early days in 2013 um, and have seen all shapes and sizes of clients, servicing clients from uh, $5,000 in monthly spend to uh, many millions in monthly dollars in, in ad spend across uh, multiple different platforms from YouTube to programmatic display to paid search. Uh, my career goes back to uh, a marketing technology company back in uh, 2007 and I'm working in digital marketing agencies servicing clients ever since. So this is our outline for today. We're gonna to go into SEO, PPC, email, and then we're gonna give you a sneak preview of something called Ignite 4.0, which we're really, really excited about. It's our new operating system going into 2020. But first, a little bit about us. So we're a digital marketing agency started in 2013, teach a couple courses at UC San Diego. Alan, are those in session right now? Yeah, they're just wrapping up for the, uh, the fall, I'm sorry, the winter quarter. Uh, they'll be starting back up in January. Uh, Three-time Inc. 5000 company and uh, been one of the fastest growing companies in San Diego four years in a row now. Uh, we're up to 85 employees, about 150 clients, and Google, Facebook, and Bing certified premium partners. You can see a couple of our reviews there, which we're very proud of. And I think, you know, what's going on nowadays is we're really seeing this top of funnel to bottom funnel approach to marketing. And that's one thing that we're really going to dive into throughout this webinar. So how do we get exposure, nurture people down, and then get them into a sequence where they get further and further down into the funnel and then remain a customer. So we're going to talk a lot about that today. And this is producing amazing results across the board. So this is a really exciting system. This system and these series of systems integrated together are going to show how we've been able to get amazing results like you're seeing in front of you today, 215% increase in total revenue and so on and so forth. But it really all comes down to a top level executive summary, looking at paid media marketing, programmatic, email marketing, earned media, and having all of those things work together. And so what you're looking at here is an example executive summary that we're going to dive further into that shows how all of these things can be integrated and we can use this to create the perfect digital marketing strategy. So I'm going to impact this a little bit more as we get into each of the individual sections. Now, I wanted to mention quickly, this webinar is really meant for the CMO, the marketing manager, the business owner or really the, the general digital strategist, somebody who, who's really uh, uh, working with top level marketing from a top level strategic perspective and they wanna know all the different sources of mediums and where to put their marketing dollars. So first we're gonna dive into earned media. And for that, we have Alan. Alan, go ahead and walk us through what does a month one kind of timeline look like? 
Yeah, so this is a strategic timeline for the, the, for the next three months. And the month one is really starting with your site structure build up, making sure that we are honing in on your, your terms that we can really get those quick wins on. Uh, we're going to start by building up and not out. So we'll focus on your main pages that we want to really help grow. Um, we'll also familiarize ourselves with your brand and, and your guidelines and uh, make sure we have all our writers in place that are really honing in on your market, on your, on your products and on your services. Um, go through brainstorming topics to really get uh, a good level of, of keyword research done on your, for your content and understand the language on your website. Uh, we got to also work with your development team and make sure that everything is running from that perspective. Uh, the whole point of that whole thing is to really triangulate on what is really the most important and where we can get the most uh, quick wins for your, your business. So then month two, we start, again, keep continuing this process, but then we're fleshing out the digital PR sections, making sure we get all our content deliverables in there. Um, roll out the changes on, and testing your server to a few website segments that is test. Um, digital PR is gonna be a really important part of this whole thing. And I wanna like kind of really circle, lot, circle this uh, idea of making sure that we have the right language because you're gonna see in the, in the next slides that language is becoming the most important part of your, your SEO value. And that's been a big shift. So going into a framework of what's the problem and how do we solve that with all of our content, not only in SEO, but also cross channel. So, so that's something that's really kind of a, a big shift. So what happens as we kind of get into month three and then after that, we're going to dive into some of the specific things that have changed in the last year. Yeah. So um, basically in month three, we're, we already set the foundation. Now we're going to flesh things out. Uh, really go into the full rollout of the dynamic templating. And uh, you should see, start seeing your traffic improvements. Uh, we'll still continue with the digital PR link building strategies, outreach, and then CRO recommendations that we made in the early uh, stages. And then assembling a three-month report. So <clears throat> we want to actually go through the thought leadership, assembling a three-month report, and plan for the next three months. Just present your findings, say, hey, this is what happened in these past three months. Here's where we're going to go with that. SEO is a long played game, but the first three months are going to be hypercritical to really hone in on that language and hone in on the, the ideology behind what we're trying to do here so we can set the precedence for the next three months. So that's what a three month plan looks like and incredibly busy. And I think, you know, it's important to get that technical foundation in place, adding additional optimization on a weekly basis with, with new pages, refreshing content. And then, but there's been a lot of changes that have happened over the last year. So let's take a step back and get out of the details. And let's talk a little bit about what were our predictions last year, Alan, when it came to SEO? Yeah, so in 2018, we were thinking that in 2019, there's, there's gonna be really important to start diversifying your content. I'm a huge proponent of that. If you have video, it's the hardest thing to do, but you could always break that up into several pieces of content and use the same language and idea for multiple channels that people may be digesting content. Also, as part of our methodology, we go in and refresh pages with new content or additional content, and that leads to higher rankings. We found that to be the case with our clients, and so uh, we continue to see that being the case in the future. Also, um, blogs should really focus on questions and pain points. I'm a huge fan of this tool called Answer the Public, which really kind of asks questions that people are commonly asked. Uh, this is gonna help you establish yourself as an industry leader, and you'll see that's actually gonna be another important factor. Um, Ranking zero. Um, this, I know, John, you did a blog on ranking zero, like, I want to say two years ago, uh, but we, we're saying and predicting that's an important factor in voice activated queries. And, and because in queries is kind of the key term there because people are generally asking questions and say they want the information to be presented to them uh, for the questions that they're asking. So here's what we saw from that. Uh, this is an introduction, and this is a recent introduction of something called BERT which is uh, natural language processing. I won't get into what BERT stands for, but uh, it's recommended to not optimize for it. But the real value of it is they really want you to focus on the intent. So Google's trying to understand why you're typing certain things in, why you're asking certain questions. And so people will either benefit or suffer if they're not really honing in on the intent of their content. So it's not enough to just write content. You have to have good intention behind it. Um, and also, this is resurgence of this term called EAT, or an acronym called EAT, which is expertise, authority, and trustworthiness. And thought leadership is playing a bigger role in site rankings. And EAT's not a new concept, but there has been a lot of talk of how this correlates with BERT. So if you are an authority figure, people who are not established as authority figures or not backed up by authority figures may suffer for, uh, rankings 
below people that are established that way. I and think from that, just, just yeah, to note on that, I mean, it's a big, big change to focus on intent instead of keyword. What is that main intent? And then I think the main thing that you can do is do much more competitive analysis around every piece of content. So before you write a piece of content, what are those top five, 10 pages that are ranking in Google and why? What are they specifically answering? And then creating something that's much, much better. And then the EAT, expertise, authority, and trustworthiness, so big for um, financial, medical, any type of subject matter expert. And one of the things you can check out is we have an, a specific framework on how to do this exactly for your website on the Ignite Visibility blog. We won't get into all the specifics of that today, but really important everybody goes through that checklist. Yeah, and one thing I will say, like sometimes your keywords will be, uh, your primary keyword or your kind of vanity keyword will be populated by people doing reviews. So sometimes you have to figure out a better strategy and, and all the alternative language around that. And that's what this is all about. It's basically trying to really hone in on what you're really trying to intend to, to communicate. Um, so be aware that there's going to be, a, there has been a drastic shift. Um, and also as, as uh, kind of to follow up with the slide here, um, videos exploded. It's, it's, it's kind of becoming bigger and bigger and more sites have access to it. Podcasting, of course, has been taking off. I'm a huge fan of that. Um, schema is coming more important and, and because that will help you develop what it, we call entities within your language and your, and your content. And that's going to be a really big shift. Um, Google Actions also became an important factor around that. And then um, like, there was a ton of Google updates this year. There was so many that and they did a, a, more than usual made a lot of core updates, which means that it affects the entire way that they look at the language. And so that is a huge uh, factor in there. And then page speed, especially for mobile, you got to make sure that your mobile uh, user experience is really on point. And this is, we're noticing that from our clients and even from our own website. And I just got to reiterate here, this is, those things are so deliberate. You need a video strategy. You probably need a podcasting strategy or to be considering it. You need a specific schema strategy and a Google action strategy. Those are check boxes. And if you're a client or, you know, we're going to make sure every single person has a strategy around each of those items or has at least evaluated it. And then you need to protect yourself from future Google updates. Be on the defensive so that you don't get hit in the future by looking at things like BERT, EAT, you know, still evaluating backlinks and whatnot. And then page speed. It was something that I ignored for a long time. You know, I, I thought if we were in a certain range, we would be okay. Now I'm really, really trying to work with everybody to get to this level where, you know, you're in the 80s on mobile and desktop or above. So something that is, is really important for the future of search. So uh, here's where things are going. We're, we're making some other predictions here is context over content. I'm a huge proponent of making sure you have the right context versus just loading up a content. So you have to focus on intent. That BERT update was very much a reminder for people to do that. Google's getting increasingly smart and they're gonna start understanding what you're trying to trying to get at. So you can't just uh, fool them anymore or, or just load up on language just hoping it'll help. Keywords are not gonna be the most important factor. It's gonna be your intentions behind those words. Um, learn schema, this, this is again, going back into the entities. Uh, this will help Google understand the language and what's a heading or what's a, uh, a title versus what is a keyword versus what is uh, a noun, a verb, an action, a place, a thing, an event, a recipe. Those type of things are going to be really more important. Um, they're, they're really kind of honing in on that language. Um, voice search, of course, is, is steadily increasing with the advent of the Alexas and the Google Homes and all those things that are out there. People are asking questions and, and making queries. So they're starting, to, they're starting to speak like you would normally speak to a person. And, and uh, we're seeing these correlations where uh, they almost see them as like a, a, a human being that they're talking to on some level. So it's going to be more conversational. You may want to consider it conversation optimization and start developing that as part of your language on your website. The mobile user experience and page speed will also be more important than ever. Um, it's already been an important factor, but it's going to be increasingly a huge, a lot more large factor in your rankings. I would say that double up on the mobile user experience and even get some case people to help you understand it from both perspectives of Apple, Samsung, and whatever other devices that are out there. And then uh, machine learning, you're hearing this you know, kind of scary language about AI. 
and people that are like a Terminator is coming. But in, in the meantime, uh, they're trying to learn how you think and what you think about so they can better serve content, so they can better serve ads, so they can better understand what you're really, really trying to get at. So um, make sure you're doing your research there and really speak to your language that, that you, you really want to uh, speak to your consumers. I would actually recommend, as I do this in my class, is that I crowdsource and I ask them, hey, what do you think of when I think of this product? And then they'll give me a list of words that sometimes you don't even think about. So it's really good to kind of um, talk to your consumers and draw them in. And, and then you'll be able to create that language that will, that will be understood by the public and not just your tech speak from the, the people that are within your company. And I would also add to that, you know, Google now has this buy button where you can buy directly from Google. They've got booking buttons where you can book things directly through Google. We're going to see closer and closer integration with the Google search engine and then also with the Google Assistant. And that comes down to schema, that comes down to Google Actions, and that comes down to custom integrations. And it also comes down to working with Google Properties, just like Google My Business. You know, Google My Business directly integrated with the Google Assistant. So think about Google now as something that you can really hook up directly to your website, right? There's a direct, you know, channel into Google in certain areas. And we actually have um, documented every single way that you can hook up any website to Google through schema, um, through a featured snippet, or through a Google action. And it gets really, really complicated. It took me a very long time to figure out. Um, we've written a couple blog posts on it, but know that that's the future. And it's different for every different type of business. So now we're shifting gears a little bit. Thank you so much, Alan. And Alan's going to come back a little bit later. Now we're getting into paid media and paid media has gotten pretty intense lately. Uh, that's for sure. And we have Aether here who's going to chat a little bit about um, what were our predictions were last year, what came true and what the future looks like. Okay, great. Yeah. So last year we talked about um, these four kind of high level topics as being, um, you know, very important to keep an eye out and make sure you're leveraging in 2019. So just to recap those, um, the first topic was make sure that you're leveraging machine learning and automation. Um, some of the specific items that we talked about are smart display. That's a Google product, smart shopping. That's a Google product, responsive search ads, and uh, bidding automation. Um, and all of those have been very important for our clients, and we've seen generally good results for all of them. And all of them, we, to a degree, release some control to the automation. Uh, and sometimes that can be difficult to do because we're, we're so used to having so much control, but um, we have seen fairly good results in uh, many of those products, at least when used in combination with other uh, products where we have a bit more control. <clears throat> Secondly, we talked about uh, integrated layered audiences and audience bidding. So just some examples of that are similar audiences, detailed demographic targeting, custom intent audiences, in-market audiences, and the Microsoft audience network, including LinkedIn connection. Um, again, we, this has been a, a very important strategy for our clients, making sure that all of these audiences are comprehensively layered across all of our paid search campaigns so that, that at least we have an observation mode we can observe when users are doing certain searches, how do people in certain different segments, whether they're between the age of 25 and 34 or over 65, how do those particular users perform um, when they do the same search as somebody who's um, in the lower 50% income bracket and uh, 18 to 24. Uh, that type of information is very useful. So if you're not collecting it, the very first step and the most important step is to make sure that that's on there. Um, and we'll talk a little bit more about what can be done with that once you have that all kind of integrated. And then thirdly, we talked about maintaining continuous experimentation. Now this may not be a new thing, but it's a good reminder. Um, and, the, and, the, and the reality is if you're not continuously experimenting, um, you're gonna fall behind the competition because markets are changing. There's new competitors entering the market. Uh, so it's really important to uh, not make assumptions and assume that you know the target, the bidding model you put in the account in 2015 is, is still good to go or the campaign structure that you put in uh, in 2017 is, is, is still going to be as competitive 
as it is uh, in the market today. <clears throat> Some examples that we talked about are Google and experiments that you can use. You can test enhanced CPC versus manual CPC, target CPA versus maximize conversions. You can leverage Google Optimize, including AB multivariate landing page testing, and also use Facebook uh, split testing. So uh, again, this is uh, an important theme. We'll talk a little bit more of that on the next slide. And then um, fourth, we talked about make sure you're, you're leveraging new creative formats and features. So the ad networks are always uh, releasing new um, ad formats, and it can be very useful to make sure that just every, every once in a while, every month, every quarter, take a look at who is it that you're targeting and are you leveraging all of the ad creative capabilities that are available to get the best user experience for your customers. And one thing I would add to this, you know, it all starts with a goal and then a persona. But one of the things that I love is you can build the exact persona with the exact audience features that you need for item number two right there, right, for your targeting based off of Google Analytics, based off of, you know, historical analytic data throughout all the different types of accounts that you have. So we have a, a really amazing service that allows us to collect all of that together, use that to build a persona, and then as a result of that, use that to drive our audience strategy cross-channel, right? Cross all of these different audiences that are out there online. So it's, it's about targeting them correctly to get the biggest return. Okay. Um, so we talked a little bit about what we saw, just to kind of elaborate that on a little bit further. Um, on the same themes, I think these are the most important themes to continue to look at. Uh, with machine learning and automation, um, a big uh, thing that we saw is that we couldn't necessarily always rely on um, account structures and media buy structures that were built for uh, a different ad system. The, the, uh, for example, the Facebook ad platform and the Google ad platform in 2019 and 2020 is dramatically different than it was in 2017 and 2018. So we find often that the clients or uh, companies who've been managing their campaigns for many years have this kind of uh, hesitancy about restructuring the, the, the account um, but we find that we, when we do make this restructure that really takes into consideration the updates that these platforms have had, particularly from the algorithmic, algorithmic and, um, and the machine learning standpoint where we're getting more data aggregation and leveraging that, uh, we generally have seen those type of campaigns outperform. Uh, and we do have a little bit more detail on, on how we can kind of make that shift from an old campaign structure to a new campaign structure that's uh, perhaps a little bit less, less segmented that will we'll, uh, leverage that machine learning a little bit better. Um, secondly, on audience integration, um, having that comprehensive observational audience enabled across the account uh, has enabled efficiency gains. And particularly, just want to mention uh, one use case. So let's say we're um, going through a month and then um, we need to kind of cut back. We've overpaced on budget. Things are going very well. Um, we need to cut back on budget for whatever reason on this particular platform. Um, having that information that we know that this particular in-market audience or this particular age group or this particular uh, custom intent audience, when layered with our keywords, performs better or worse, we can taper down. So one example, for example, in the finance space, we found that you know users between 18 and 24 who did searches for uh, our client's product um, performed, had a cost per conversion that was just dramatically higher than other segments. So in that particular case, if you just turn off when somebody does a search for that financial product in that age, age range of 18 to 24, you can very quickly taper the budget down. So just an example of how that can be implemented. Um, next, on the, uh, on the, uh, on the uh, topic of continuous testing and experimentation, um, it's important to remember that uh, your intuitive assumptions are not always right. So as a business owner or uh, if a client is coming to you, they may say, this is our target demographic. Uh, they're in this age range. They make this much money. Uh, this is who we want to target. Um, but I do, I think that it's also important to just stop once in a while and say that the intuitive assumptions you have about your customer are not always right, and they don't always match exactly to the settings within the di different ad platforms. So when possible, um, start with a more open and broad targeting and let the data decide where you should cut down. Um, and then also 
adapting to market changing dynamics. Again, there's new competitors entering, there's new uh, ad formats entering, there's changes to the, the algorithmic bidding. Um, so make sure that if you're seeing performance decline, come up with a list of what are the tests that you want to run, whether it's different bidding models, whether it's different ad types, whether it's different targeting or different campaign structure. The, um, the, the, the campaign experiment capabilities within these ad platforms allow you to test all that. So to develop a list, uh, test it in a, in a very kind of siloed environment so it's not impacting and creating a lot of volatility in the account as a whole. Uh, see what the results look like and then look at if you should roll that out across the rest of the account. Uh, and then on creative, um, one thing I wanted to mention here is, uh, you know, let the user experience guide your creative strategy. It's very, fairly broad, but I, I think you have to ask some questions and think about, let's say, for example, if you're a company that services uh, businesses locally, um, are your ads speaking to them with geographic information in them? If you're a retailer and you're having a sale, are you taking advantage of capabilities that do uh, an ad countdown? So one of the features that we've been seeing with a lot of success recently is the ad customizer uh, for paid search. So this gives you the ability to insert geographic information into your ad to make it more relevant to users depending on where they are. Or, for example, uh, is your ad customized to users who are on a mobile device versus a desktop? With that, you can use the if-then statements. Um, if the user is on a mobile device, then serve them the mobile-specific ad to increase the relevancy in the click-through. Um, and if you're having a Black Friday sale, you can insert, uh, you know, five, every day that the, the, the day goes up before that sale occurs, you can count down from five, four, three, and that will automatically update your ad. So those are some things to, to think about and question, am, am I taking advantage of all these features that are out there to get the best uh, experience to my users? I would also add, you know, the advertisements, they really need to be platform dependent. So the exact site that you're on, they need to be audience dependent as well. So the exact, you know, audience that you're going after, and you just can't use the same ads that you would on TV or just on YouTube, you know, across Facebook and Google and display. It's all different. So we're kind of coming into this time where the type of advertisement is really important and it has to be very, very specific to the exact user. And it's a challenge to set it up upper funnel to lower funnel across all the different platforms for the exact ad format that you need. Um, but when you do it right, it's got a huge, huge impact. And then taking that a step further, you know, what landing page are you matching to each advertisement cross platform? Are you just using one landing page? Are you just pushing them to the homepage? I mean, think about it. It's a much different environment from Google ads to somebody scrolling through a Facebook feed to somebody in an Instagram story to somebody watching a YouTube video. So, you know, it, it's become this amazingly complex and really, really fun challenge to be able to chop up all these different ad formats and then have them match the target user at the right time. And um, we're seeing lots of different stuff across platforms, different cost per acquisitions, different, different ways to think about the advertisements as well. And we'll get into that a little bit later on. So now we're getting okay, so into get, this, uh, a couple of our methodologies. So one of the things that we've done here at Ignite is we've systematized um, all of our processes and kind of main things we do to get, get results. And the first one we're going to talk about is seamless. Sure. So as we talked about, um, we've seen a lot of business owners, if they're managing it in-house or um, clients that we're, we're, we're managing, they, they have these campaign structures that were built for systems that didn't have the same level of machine learning and algorithmic systems that they do today. Um, and there's great advantage to taking that jump and doing some restructuring. So if you have a paid search account with uh, thousands of ad groups, in some cases I've seen tens of thousands of ad groups and hundreds of, hundreds of thousands of ad groups and thousands of campaigns or hundreds of campaigns, it creates this massive level of granularity that might have been good um, in years past, but um, is not necessarily the best for today's environment. So um, we've developed a system to essentially uh, 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 identify particular segments of the account, particular campaigns that 
are reflective of the account as a whole that can be rebuilt uh, and test that new structure for that particular segment um, and then validate that that's working. And then once that's been validated, then we can roll that out across the account and pause out the old structure. Some examples of how you can do this are um, start to reduce bids in the uh, legacy structure while increasing bids in the new structure until the new structure takes over and increases performance and then finally kind of phase out that legacy structure. Uh, other examples are you could do it geographically. So um, let's say, for example, you have an account that uh, targets the whole U.S. You can rebuild the account and then exclude a couple states from the legacy structure and then the new structure you can target those particular states, validate that it works in those states, and then shift over some more states to the new structure and eventually shut down the old structure and the new structure will come in. So just some examples of how you can transition from an old <clears throat> old structure to a new structure, ensuring that you don't um, get a tremendous amount of volatility in the account, which is one of the primary fears of doing a big change like that. And then secondly, we talked a lot about creative and how important creative is, and we'll talk about how that's one of the things that we see as the, the, one of the most important things going forward in, in 2020 and, and, and forward is curating your, your ads to, um, to different users, so breaking up your audience into different personas and different segments. You could do this particularly well in Facebook and display. And then also curating the ads based on where this user is. You can't expect to serve an ad with a sale um, or expect an ad, just sell your product immediately with an ad to a user who's never heard of you before. You've got to tell a story. You've got to um, and get the user engaged to a level so that you can continue the conversation with them and then continue to tell a story after they've seen your ad the first time, after they've been to the website a second time, and make sure you're tracking that and measuring that. You know that user's seen this ad. Okay, now you're going to serve them an ad that's a little bit more engaging and getting closer to the sale. Um, and this is what that the, the ad curator system that we developed uh, works on. So top of funnel to bottom funnel, ad story by platform and audience. And uh, this is something actually I've worked on a bunch too. We've, we've done it for Ignite. You might've seen some of our ads on YouTube or Facebook, been nurtured down through that whole process, but uh, it's really exciting. And I think that it's, uh, it's something that you can literally map out. What is that story you wanna tell? How do you wanna hit that person in what specific sequence? And uh, that's how you really make a, a big return, opposed to um, just serving the same buy now, buy now, buy now ad over and over. Okay, so finally, we've kind of alluded to this a little bit, but um, machine learning and automation is certainly not going away. And um, I think everybody knows this, but just a reminder, I mean, this is going to become um, bigger and bigger. And the ad networks, I think their goal is to eventually, in a way, um, continue to try to automate as much of the media buy as possible. So what we're seeing now is with a lot of the ad copy and the ad, ads that we're producing, we insert a number of different headlines, a number of different copies, a number of different images and videos. And at every auction, the best combination of all of those different functions goes in and gets served to the user. All of that used to be done manually with lots of different headsets and everything. Uh, and then the same thing with the bidding. There used to be just very manual bidding. Now we have um, you know, CPA optimization and campaign level budget optimization at Facebook. Um, so those automations are just going to become more significant and something to become aware of and make sure that you're structuring your campaigns in a way that leverages that to the best, uh, best way possible. Um, making sure that you've got really good creative, that can be a very big differentiator. And although you have um, these ads where that are kind of responsive and there are a bunch of different headlines and, 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 and the ad network is kind of choosing which headline and image to display, you can choose which headline and image you're going to put in at each stage in the funnel. Um, so making sure that you're you know, timing that creative in the appropriate way as the user goes through the funnel. And then finally, the user experience, and we've really seen that this has been um, a key differentiator. So um, you can do a tremendous amount of competitive intelligence nowadays and kind of reverse engineer what's working for your competitors and then take your own creative spin on it. But we've seen time and time again all, all targeting the same, a, a better website with a better conversion flow and then taking users to different stages in your, your page funnel can result in significant improvements in the ROI of your campaign. So it's not all about the targeting and the creative. 
the user experience on the website is one of the most important factors and will continue to be. All right, thanks, Aether. So now we're gonna shift gears. We're gonna talk about email marketing for five or 10 minutes, and then we're going to conclude with Ignite 4.0, which I think is, is probably the most exciting part of the presentation where we get into some of our new systems going into next year. Um, Dustin, you're up. Thank you. Happy to talk to you about email marketing in 2019, what we've learned, and looking ahead to the exciting year of 2020. Um, this year, I think one of most important metrics that we look for to understand that where a business is in the adoption of this profitable retention process of email is looking at the revenue channel contribution from email and then looking across the spectrum to see you know where are visitors coming and beginning an engagement and how can we leverage other tools to maximize that because we're seeing a trend where we're planning the engagement of a prospect for 90 days now. I mean, it used to be, oh, send three abandoned cart emails and you're done. Now this is going on for 90 days across multiple channels. And at scale, you know, we're seeing clients exceed this 25% contribution from email. But I think what makes Ignite special are these methodologies that we have to that systematizes the the adoption of these best practices that moves the needle for where you are in the cycle. Um, and, you know, to help unpack this 25% contribution, let's take a look on the next slide. And, you know, we're going to show you some, what our predictions were over this year and what we see coming. Um, and, you know, we're going to talk about this, you know, to get that 25%, these are the pillars of email that would get there. And we're seeing so many exciting developments here, uh, you know, advanced opt-in, personalized optimization. There's a great way to learn from, you know, engaging with your customers and making it better. And, you know, on mobile devices, which are so ever-present. Let's take a look next. You know, I think we predicted the industry standard here for opt-in rates from page exits, uh, you know, it, it, it's 3%. You know, instead of people just leaving your site, if you show a goodbye message and invite them to continue that relationship with you, you can expect to get about a 3% opt-in rate. But, you know, by testing this, we, we've shown that you can get over 5%. You know, over this last year, I have clients to get over 15% opt-in at exit. And, you know, it's helping them grow their email lists at, you know, incredible paces, you know, having just a footer static opt-in, you know, very low opt-in rates, but you have something that's engaging and you're testing your messaging. You know, that's how people are unlocking significant growth through email. Let's take a look next. I just um, want one a, of the trends a quick been, note on this one. Um, I really love this. So you can right now turn on a pop-up. So when somebody's going to close out your website to hit that X and to leave, you can have a pop-up fire right as they're about to close out that says, hey, did you have any questions? You know, call us now. Or would you like to, you know, subscribe for a coupon? You know, you enter, enter your information. We, we have seen for that call option about a 14% increase in conversions um, across the board for most clients that we've implemented that on. Super, super powerful way just to get more conversions right off the bat. And then on the email side, <clears throat> Dustin's numbers here are very, very accurate. I think a lot of people are afraid of pop-ups, but there's nothing wrong with it if you do it in a responsible way. So if you, you can always do the nice little nudge one from the bottom, or you can have a very non-invasive one that shows just as people are leaving, but don't be afraid of them. They get results right away. In fact, if we ever want to increase leads, even on Ignite, you know, we, we do certain things with pop-ups just to make it show, so a couple more um, come up that are a little bit more action-oriented. We don't even have them running right now because it's not necessary, but um, really, really powerful this, um, as well as push notifications, which we're going to get into a little bit later. Great, good stuff. Traveling the front lines of integrated digital marketing where we get the handoff from all these other channels and we turn it into a lead where you're going to get an amazing lifetime value. What we've been recommending, once you get that one stop, here's your email address, is to allow people to qualify their interests and where they are in perhaps a buying cycle or what are their interests. This is going to allow you to follow up with people more effectively Effectively, and this is where we're seeing the growth in email communications. It's in response to customized 
process, you know, very relevant communications and people are sending more this type of email and less broadcast the same message to everybody asking them to do the same thing. This is building a much greater dynamic that's ensuring inbox placement. And we're getting some great validation here. Um, take a look at the next slide. And then just a quick note on this. So also, so when the pop-up example we had before, you can have a pop-up by segment of the website. So if you have one segment that's all about jewelry, the pop-up and the opt-in for the email can be about that specific segment. And it can be customized to that segment, the messaging, and it can go into a list um, that is just for that segment as well. So this is a perfect example of a one-stop shop for, for all of that, but you can also do it by an individual segment of the website. And Dustin's 100% right. When you're sending more targeted emails, you get way less opt-outs. Uh, so this is really powerful. It's been great for every single client we've seen implemented. I think this is a great validation of this process is the over two billion dollars that Nestle paid for persona nutrition that takes the dead end stops out of form completion where on a single page you move through 18 different personalization steps that drops you directly into a shopping cart to complete a very you know target very granular recommended series of products um, so you know more people are going to be doing this you know, learning and engaging with your prospects and, you know, following up. This is great information to share with sales teams to learn about, you know, your customer. And so, you know, we, that's where we've seen the growth, you know, full list campaigns recommend seen here. You know, we're seeing, we continue to see a bit of a decline in send rates, but what what we also see is that when people measure the conversion instead of like op a measure of open rate, sometimes a higher cadence will result in more conversions. So, you know, it's interesting to note that people are sending it a little less frequently. Definitely note the dominance of mobile. But, you know, if you're judging the right cadence for your business, use your ultimate KPI as what's better for your business. Let's take a look next. And hugely important and just a, a huge opportunity in the mobile space as few people have really adopted still to, you know, responsive emails. Um, you know, it's just a huge opportunity to take, you know, a, a new segment that's not being served and, you know, grow the top line economy rather than just shifting opportunity from one place to another. Um, we have one of our methodologies that illustrate this coming up next. Seen here, um, you know, we use this diagnosis for somebody who has a little bit below industry average click-through rate, and we're going to interject not just the responsiveness, but making good use of this primary viewport to drive response. Um, the number of clickable elements above the fold are numerous, and, you know, very often we're interjecting a phone number response in addition to, uh, you know, a direct response button. But this is, you know, this is a great treatment if you're not getting the click-through rates that you would expect for your industry. Uh, we'd be happy to help interject this. And the laboratory for email is continues. You know, copy is so important across channels. And here is a workbench to understand when copy is effective and to prove your hypotheses are, are correct about how you should engage customers and how you can get them to respond the more the most i mean for in paid search copy can lower your advertising costs in organic search good copy can boost your rankings in search result pages and in email, you can study what copy is effective and then leverage your learning. Um, you know, from my time at Cherry's growing chocolate-covered strawberries, we split-tested every significant aspect of engagement through email to statistical significance and then rolled it out to different channels, you know, achieving that integrated marketing result. So I strongly recommend testing. Um, seeing here some of our case 
quick case results from email testing. Testing offers and copy and from names and email templates are your passport to continued growth year over year. So what to do in 2020, you know, iterate advanced opt-in, you know, use that exit overlay, target your most exited pages, but keep going from there. You know, we're seeing new opt-in opportunities with, with chat and integrated push notifications. Email is becoming a new bundled program with, you know, push and SMS that's worth fulfilling. Continue to gauge everybody on your list, but try and break it in, continue to break it into reasonable segments for your list size. And, you know, keep applying those results from testing. Ultimately, you should judge your position. It's like, how were results last year? Okay, how are we trending now? And one of those difference should always be, I have a year's test results that made me stronger to make me grow faster. So keep testing. And just a quick note on that. So you've got email, you have push notifications, you have SMS, and then you have uh, messenger notifications, right? So those are four different channels that marketers can now use. And I guess you could also think of just like DMs across social media, five different ways that you can reach out. And us as marketers, we need to think, what are we gonna focus our time on that's gonna have the biggest return and gonna be worth um, all this extra effort to make happen. And so we've been working really hard on that and we've created systems that we're gonna show you in a moment uh, that dive into some things that, that you can do. And we're gonna unpack that a little bit. So in our last slide here, we go over email essential KPIs. Dustin, did you wanna to touch on this? Yes, um, you know, this is going to track the health of your program. Looking at your open rate, your click-through rate, bounce rate, unsubscribe rate, bounce, um, complaint rates, um, this is going to, paying attention to this is going to help you, you know, reveal trends. It helps us identify what area of the process do we need to focus on based off the greater opportunity. And this is going to chart your growth. So, you know, we're going to identify any areas of under deployment and you know we have strategies again these methodologies are like systems to address that need for exactly where you are in the growth process so dustin when you look at this list of metrics what's the one what's your favorite out of all the metrics what's the one that you really focus the most on or are, are they all um, created equal <laughs> um you know, they all get me excited, but, you know, very often we see below industry average trends coming from click rate that when you can invigorate, you know, a yeah. new book and response that you can test and prove, I mean, that's where people should be iterating, you know, different types of call to response, innovating, you know, like animated GIFs and other animated elements into email campaigns to maximize response. That's, it's very satisfying to see that needle go off the charts. Awesome, thank you. All right, so now we're gonna get into Ignite 4.0 a little bit. And what this is, is this is our operating system based off of individual services for each of the different channels you know, that, that we basically operate in. So what we've done is we've taken all the hardest stuff, all the biggest problems in digital marketing, and we've created solutions for it. So how do you go international? How do you have the perfect local strategy? How do you grow through content marketing? How do you find keywords that aren't competitive and go after them? How do you rank number one? How do you rekindle old content? How do you make sure your website's 100% technically correct? How do you multiply the number of keywords that you rank for? How do you do a perfect website transfer? How do you fix a website that's gone down and needs to be recovered? What are some cool SEO tests that you can run for a really innovative big website, right? How do you get that 90 out of 100 or 99 out of 100 for page speed? How do you set up the perfect internal linking system? How do you set up a cross-channel conversion action plan? What's the perfect system for e-commerce? How do you become GDPR compliant? And what's the perfect system for franchises, right? These are some of the things that we've really been thinking about. 
And then also, how do you increase click-through rates? How do you rank in this new zero-click world that's coming out for Google? How do you directly integrate with Google and plug into their backend so that you're working specifically with them through your website, right? And you know, how do you make sure you're EAT ready, right? Expertise, authority, and trustworthiness. All of those things we've created specific responses for. On the social media side, how do you do industry studies? How do you increase engagement? How do you increase PR mentions? How do you build a system to become an industry influencer cross network, but then also on YouTube through our specific YouTube star program? And a lot of this stuff, everybody, I, it comes throughout the entire company. We have so many smart people here. And then um, I get involved too because I just love this stuff. And it's, it's things that have worked for us, things that have worked for clients. And it's an aggregation of all the best digital strategies out there online. Really, really exciting. On the uh, social media side and paid side, we have individual methodologies. On the paid side, we have the seamless, the traffic sculptor, the lead gen architect, our ad curator system, goal tracker, our retargeter pro, and our conversion integrator program as well. And so we are basically coming in with specific ways to do digital strategy that gets the best results out there. So I'm gonna talk about a couple of them now. We're not gonna go through all of those because we've created so many, but one of the ones that gets me really excited is this idea of a 360 campaign. So a 360 campaign is a creative driven, omni-channel marketing campaign that's for enterprise or sites that can really touch all of those different channels with KPIs tied specifically to it. Take a second and look at this list, everybody. I feel like it's really, really important. Just read through it, digest it. These are all the things you really could be doing in buckets online for digital marketing if you want to run you know, these type of national campaigns that large businesses are doing out there, okay? So that to me is really, really exciting and something that you can use this as a checklist for creating your own individual plan. Now, TV, you know, it's a little bit on the decline, so is radio, billboard, it's still great for local businesses for sure, and, and it's good for general brand awareness. Sponsorships, celebrity endorsements, those are usually bigger companies. The online and offline media buys still, still, you know, now there's even a little bit more inventory out there. It's a little bit cheaper in some cases to, to be doing that. Programmatic and over-the-top television is just totally taking off. And then we just covered some of these other things a little bit more in depth. Now, this is one of my favorites. This is our, our top secret program. And um, I'm not going to tell you the name of it. I'm not going to tell you all the ins and outs of it. But what we're working on right now is taking all the content out there online and specifically mapping it cross-channel from top of funnel to bottom funnel, and not just stopping there, but mapping it from channel to channel. So from YouTube to Facebook to programmatic to Google to Bing to uh, you, know, you name it. What's that top of funnel to bottom funnel story that you're taking the user through and nurturing them to that perfect landing page, getting them into a remarketing sequence. And we've delivered a way to um, actually do this. And, um, and we're doing it for Ignite right now. We're doing it for a couple clients. It's in beta. We're gonna start rolling it out to more and more people, but it's really, really exciting and it's, it's, it's brand new. Uh, also, another thing that's kind of new that we just completed or actually revised is something called our customer journey map. And what this does is this is a look at the website, but how does the traffic come in from online specifically hit the uh, top landing pages on the website, as well as the individual segments of the website from each source and medium online. And what does that conversion rate look like? And how can we go through each of the individual um, conversion rates on each of the individual landing pages by traffic source, and then look at the top performers and the poor performers and use that as a roadmap to refine our conversion rate optimization. This is something that is a very, very cool thing and, and something that I actually wrote a book on called The Forecaster Method, um, and, and it, it has a lot of elements from this. So um, if you're a client or a prospect, we'd be really excited to get one of these going for you. Um, it's just a cool, cool system. Now we're getting into push notifications. And for me, because traffic is harder to get, I really feel like every website should now have an integrated strategy between push notifications and a strategy between email marketing. 
push notifications have a higher, higher opt-in rate. They have a higher deliverability rate. And in some cases, you know, they also get great conversions. And Dustin, you know, you're a big um, proponent of these as well, right? Absolutely. I think people are, you know, what this comes down to is significant incremental reach that you're not just going to get with email itself, but you're going to reach those people who aren't necessarily responding to that channel through this one. Um, and, you know, so many similarities to email with the lifetime value of connecting with these people and the immediacy, you know, the access to their very personal phone through this on-target messaging based off why they came to your site, what solution were they trying to solve, you can continue to help them through this long-term follow-up process through push notifications. Yeah, and if you're spending millions and millions of dollars in ads, right, and then these people come in and leave, sure, you can cookie them and you can remarket to them and, and you can build an audience and you can layer that audience, you know, as, as Aether talked about earlier. But wouldn't you like to be able to send 20% of them, 20 to 30% of them, a direct push notification that goes exactly into their mobile browser on their phone that they can get at any time? I mean, think how powerful that is, right? So for me, this is in a way the new email and it works even better if you integrate it with email as well. Now, the next thing we have here is chatbots. And there's a, there, this is a huge, huge conversation, chatbots, because you know, there's, there's many chat and you know, that works on your website. And then there's, there's all these different you know, kind of options out there that you can use. So what we've done is we've evaluated all of them and we've created um, a system for using all the best ones and know the right times to use the right ones. But it goes even further than that in some cases because chatbots, they get integrated with your paid media as well. And Aether, you have a couple thoughts on that, don't you? I do have, uh, you know, on that on that point, I think that there are some interesting things um, that we may see, and, and some and some some clients are, some advertisers are um, experimenting with this, and that is the conventional lead form, um, which conventionally is a um, you know something where you have a number of fields on a page, and you ask the user to fill out the lead form now and enter your email address and your phone number, um, and you know your state or whatever information that's submitted. Um, and sometimes there's more information you ask for, but um, there are ways that you can utilize a chatbot for that and engage the user um, and, and directly, you know, feel like it's a more engaging experience for the user to, you know, can you, you know, provide your name and the chatbot responds, okay, your email. And there's creative ways that you can go about that, and I think that that's something we may see more of. So we're really excited about that, and thanks for going over that. There will be a chatbot up on the Ignite site in a couple of weeks. Go, go check it out. Try it out. It's going to have you go further and further down into the funnel and qualify you. And if, if you're not qualified, then we kick you to another place that's great, like an article or a movie we made or, or something like that or a video that we've created. So, you know, we turned chatbots on for a couple clients and, you know, they went from having hundreds and hundreds of messages a day that they had to respond to, to having to respond to five or 10 messages a day because the chatbot took care of all the basic stuff like the phone number and the directions and the, the general queries that just come in over and over. Aren't you sick of answering the same questions over and over? I, I can be, right? So this can be a great way to just create a layer between you and your company um, in, 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 your, in your team. And, and they're really predicting that this will be able to cut down on the amount of customer service that's needed as well. The next thing we have here is funnel creation. And this for me is really, really big. And I talked about this earlier. So funnels that are platform dependent, and these are not always super easy to build. And it doesn't always have to be a funnel, meaning a multi-step approach that takes somebody further, further down and kind of nurtures them until conversion. It can also be just like a top level landing page. But in any case, you know, click funnels, unbounce, Instapage, you know, having these deliberate landing pages where it's more native to the environment. I mean, think about this. What, say you have somebody that comes in from Facebook and then they just hit your, your product page, right? Okay, that's good. But you know, if your ad, if there's an intermediary landing page that takes them into a funnel and really tells them the story more, that can be powerful in some cases. 
Not all cases, and I don't want everybody to go and think, oh, we need funnels for everything right now. That's not the case, but it is something to start thinking about and testing. Also, thought leadership. So on the thought leadership side, you might have seen we've been doing industry studies now every couple months, and they've been really well received. If you Google digital marketing industry study, you'll see that uh, there's one that we completed. We also just did one about how consumers do research online and what they look for, how many review sites they go for and things like that. But think if you could do that for your own business on a quarterly basis. I really believe in this. Every single time we've done it, we've got picked up by all the biggest publications in our industry. It allows us to manufacture press, get tons of links. It's really, really powerful. And um, we just have a very simple process where we can turn something like this around in, in a couple of weeks uh, two to four weeks. So, and Alan, you've, you've done quite, quite a few of these as well, haven't you? Yeah. A lot of great success on that. <clears throat> it goes right, <clears throat> excuse me, it goes right back into our, your eat methodology, right? Making sure that you are a thought leader and showing that you have the expertise and that you're trusted. So it's really important to really get on top of these things. Last couple things. I really want everybody to think about what's their multi-channel approach, but their multi-channel approach also incorporating video. And that's one of the things that you can expect from us. So we've really beefed up our video editing team. We now have um, six different video editors. And I just want everybody to take a look at this checklist. So taking that blog post, but repurposing it into a video, right? Using it as the script for your video, publishing that video on Facebook, on IGTV, you know, in Instagram stories, in Facebook stories, you know, in, inside of your Instagram feed, publishing it to LinkedIn, to Twitter, posting it on YouTube, you know, repurposing it as a podcast and, you know, turning it into other things as well. You know, in some cases it can become a guest post and, and then, you know, taking all this and then amplifying it with paid media, you know, and then using what, has the largest engagement rate and click-through rate through paid media and turning that into your ongoing advertising that's native to that channel, right? That's what I see as this huge uh, beneficial system to companies out there. And I hope that this framework is, is helpful to you. And the last thing that we have here today before we take a couple questions, and if anybody does have any questions, now is a great time to go ahead and uh, put them in. I actually see quite a few coming in already. So it's, it's question time and Q&A time. But the last thing we have here is this YouTube star program. So I've spent um, the last, oh gosh, five or six years now just failing at YouTube, basically completely failing at YouTube and learning a lot along the way though. And, and by failing so many times, we've gotten to a point where it's a, it's a huge channel for us now. Huge channel, hundreds and hundreds of thousands of views a month and drives traffic and, and, and I'm so excited about it and I wanna bring it to clients, I wanna bring it to prospects. And so we've got a really great specific system for going about doing it. And it's not just YouTube. YouTube is integrated into Google Discover. YouTube is integrated into your website. You know, YouTube is integrated into Google Home Hub. YouTube is integrated into Google. YouTube is, is the second biggest search engine in the world, and it's the framework for a huge amount of the web, especially everything around the Google properties. So I really want everybody to be thinking about this. You know, it's, it's really kind of tricky to, to get the editorial right at the beginning, but once you've got a feel for it, you've got the process for it, it really grows from there. So just a really exciting thing. And this is our YouTube star program. So that's it for today. I know we went over a lot of stuff and uh, always go a little long here. I'm going to go ahead and ask a couple questions or answer a couple questions. So first one, Alan, how important are H1s to voice search? And is there anything really important with voice search that um, that's important for optimization? Yeah, the H1s are, or the H2s, whatever your main heading is for your template are gonna be the, the central factor there. So I would include the question. And in some cases, I actually would start including answers rather than the question because Google's gonna ultimately go towards that direction. Right now it is still slightly keyword based. So start with your, if you're doing an FAQ, include that in your title tag and your H1. Um, but then also you would make sure you have the content and something that answers that question within the body of the content. Thanks, Alan. Next one, favorite pop-up tool. Can you talk about that a little bit, Dustin? 
I'd be happy to. You know, there's a range of great pop-up tools out there. And, you know, I'd say the best one is the best for your business. But out of that, you know, we're impressed with capacities and Sumo and Unbounce uh, to, you know, reach and engage people at these key moments of the customer journey. So I, we really like Sumo here. I would, I would, and then uh, for push, we generally like push NAMI and then Optin monster is really, really good too uh, for pop-ups as well. Um, the next one we had here, um, do chatbots slow down your website speed? Alan, you want to take that one? Might be on mute, by the way. I can take it. Um, everything slows down your website. And, uh, and this is a huge, huge um, thing right now, everybody. Uh, so in general, page speed, it's, it's, it's a ranking factor. It, it really helps increase conversions. You need to be really, really careful what you add to your website. So any chatbot will slow down your website and you need to make sure that it doesn't impact your, your load time too much. Also need to be really deliberate about all the plugins that you, you install and things like that. I mentioned earlier, we've built a custom uh, plugin that will, uh, that will um, allow you to get super fast page speed scores. And so that's cool. But then in addition to that, um, there's W3C total cache and then WP fastest cache as well, um, which are really, really good ones also. Um, so I'm going to just take one more question here. Um, and by the way, really cool to see everybody stayed on pretty much the whole time here. So thank you so much for investing some time with us today. Uh, it was really fun to, to kind of uh, do this presentation for you. And we put this together pretty fast, but a lot of fun information. Last question. Um, what advice would you have for a student that would like to work in digital marketing? Thanks so much for asking that. You know, what I would say is, um, you know, there, in digital marketing, there's so much you can learn online. And um, if you just want to kind of start learning by watching some good YouTube channels, uh, the Google Webmaster channel, um, the Google AdWords and Analytics channel, um, please check out the Ignite Visibility YouTube channel. I work on that a lot. And there's some other good ones. That's a really great place to start. Also, Google has a ton of resources. If you just Google um, something like um, Google, Google study area, they've got this whole kind of area where, where they've got free courses and stuff. And then once you get out of school or before you get out of school, get a couple internships and that is going to help you quite a bit along the way because uh, once you get a little experience, things really skyrocket. That's it for our presentation today. Thank you so much for everybody for jumping on. Thank you to Aether, Allen, and uh, Dustin, and um, we'll see you online. Uh, if you want to find out any more about Ignite,